0: What is going on everyone my name is Andy welcome back to another FPL video and this one is some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week 26 deadline so I'm going to go through some of the key press conference information answer some of your questions and take a look at my own team as well where I've already made one of my transfers so if you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and let's get into it so let's start with Liverpool which might seem a bit weird considering they don't have a fixture in game week 26 but any injury news might have a knock on effect in terms of which transfers you want to make if you're looking to potentially hold some of your Liverpool players uh, a little bit longer term. So in game week 26, it's a blank. 27 is Forest away. 28 is Man City at home, which is a bit of a tougher fixture. And then in game week 29, it's Everton away. But as we know, if Liverpool win their FA Cup fifth round match, which they will be odds on favourites uh, favorites to do, that game will be a blank as well. So realistically, if you carry your Liverpool players through game week 26, It's mostly for that Nottingham Forest away fixture, or you're hoping that Liverpool go out of the FA Cup so that they also play in 29 as well, and that would make it much less likely that you would need like a free hit or something like that instead. Now, in terms of the actual press conference information, uh, Pep Linders took it. He confirmed that Alisson will be out until after the March international break. Now, the first deadline back after the international break in March is the 30th of March, which sounds like a long way away but for teams that are likely to blank in game week 29, there's not actually too many fixtures before that. So Liverpool's match after the international break is the 31st of March. That's game week 30 against Bryan. But as we've just discussed, before that, they got a blank this week. You know, Man City is one of the games and Everton might be off anyway. So it might be that Allison only misses two league games before he's then back in the side. So if you didn't already go for someone like Kelleher for the double, there's probably not Well, there's no point in doing it this week, right? Because he's got a blank. And after that, you're not going to bring Kelleher in anyway, unless Alisson is then confirmed that even longer. So if you've got Kelleher and you've got another playing keeper for this week, great. But I wouldn't be looking to bring him in anyway, right? It's a blank game week. Uh, Trent and Jota also ruled out until after the international break. The last news we had about Jota was that he was going to be out for months. So he is a definite transfer out. I can't see any reason to keep hold of him this week uh, whatsoever. Uh, With Trent... Again, I think most people have gotten rid of him uh, at this stage. But for anyone like me that bought in Conor Bradley, that now means that as long as he's fit, right, and obviously Liverpool do have a lot of injuries at the moment, he should play in that game week 27 fixture. So if you don't need to sell him to get 11 out this week, like I probably don't, then I'm probably just going to keep hold of him, obviously bench him for 26, and then play him against Forest away. Because if Trent's not going to be back until game week 30, and I've got an extra game out of Bradley that I wasn't necessarily expecting. So that's kind of good news. Um, on the rest, so Dominic Soberslay, uh, Darwin Nunez, and Mo Salah, I had to remember all their names there. He said, we have to see we have two more days. So he's talking about the Carabao Cup final against Chelsea. So it is possible from FPL picks, uh, Salah and Darwin Nunez, that they could be back by game week 27. So I guess the usual caveats apply, right? If you need to sell them to get out 11 players, it's probably worth it because they're not guaranteed to be back by 27 anyway. 28 fixture is tough. 29 will probably be a blank. But if you can carry one of them through and you can still get out 11 players and you want a big differential for game week 27, then absolutely you could hold on to them. Because if they're a little bit unsure whether they're going to be ready for Chelsea, there is probably a good ish chance that they're ready for 27. The only thing to say is will Liverpool. Let's say Salah doesn't make the Carabao Cup final. Will they rush him back for that Forest game and play him from the start? I'm not sure they will after what happened last time. It might even be a bench appearance. For a cup final, maybe you risk it. But if he misses that completely, will will he start against Forest in 27? I think that's debatable. So I think Salah can probably be sold for most people. If you're locked in on a free hit game week 29 strategy then maybe it's a bit different because if you could have Salah for Forest away uh, Man City at home it's probably not so bad but there's just no guarantee with them I think the biggest news really for me out of this for my team is that Connor Bradley's going to play game week 27 for everyone else like Allison uh, Trent Jota they're going to be out long enough where there's just no point holding on to them uh, Darwin and Salah the only ones where maybe you could make a case to do that So we had some pretty big news for Man United today and that is that Rasmus Hoyland has suffered a muscle injury which is expected to rule him out for two to three weeks. For FPL, he is the most transferred in player this week with over 400,000 new owners and we'll come on to what to do with him in a second. Just quickly on early transfers because when stuff like this happens people always have a dig about why you shouldn't go early and to be fair I am someone that prefers to wait as late as possible but as you'll see later on I've already made my transfer ahead of the press conferences because sometimes getting that extra money can be helpful later on and you know an injury out of the blue like this is just really bad luck it's not like you know we we knew Hoyland was carrying an injury and you took a risk you know he was fully fit he played the last game so a little bit unlucky there um couple of knock on effects i mean just quickly on two to three weeks, that is going to basically rule him out of all the good fixtures. Man United have got over the next, you know, three game weeks. So Fulham at home this week, pretty good. Man City away in 27 was tough anyway, uh, and Everton at home in 28 was okay. So he's probably going to miss all three of them. And if Man United have that Sheffield United at home game in 29, he's probably going to miss that as well. One of the knock ons is that man united will be weaker they don't have another forward that can come in and play not an experienced one anyway like someone like rashford might play up front but i don't think that's as good as having hoyland there so potentially that makes it easier for nottingham forest to beat man united in the fa cup and if that happens united would then play in 29 so in terms of chip strategy and stuff like that it's definitely worth keeping an open mind about what you might want to do um i guess if you haven't already bought him definitely don't buy him he's injured if you're one of the 400,000 new owners and you can't get 11 out then i would just transfer him straight back out even as even if that's going to cost you four points don't get caught into that trap where you feel like you've got to hold on to him and not worry about it this week because the mistakes already been made i think it would be a bigger mistake not to just take a minus four straight away because he's not going to be an option for the next few weeks and i don't think you know i've said this in other videos already this week I don't think he's part of the best three right now, anyway. I think all of Solanke, Watkins, and Haaland are probably a little bit better. And even Ivan Tony with that guaranteed fixture in 29. Obviously, it all depends um on your chip strategy. So if if I had him and I now had to sell him, presuming that most people have already got Haaland, I would buy whoever I didn't have out of Watkins and Solanke because I think Watkins has got better fixtures than Tony and a guaranteed game in 29. Uh, and Solanke's got the double in 28, which you'll definitely want him for. So Yeah, unlucky if you went for him. If you haven't, don't buy him, right? Because he's out for two to three weeks. So De Bruyne didn't start the last game against Brentford, and Pep Guardiola was talking about him today. He said on De Bruyne, he's good. He's not injured. I don't know if he's 100%, but I think we took a good decision not to take a risk. Uh, So he was in the squad for the Brentford game. He just didn't come on at all. Bearing in mind that he had come on as a sub in any game he didn't start since his return from injury. Uh, We took a decision because he did not feel comfortable. He goes on to say that they will assess him later, and I'm pretty sure he will travel. I don't know. Maybe I'm a pessimistic De Bruyne owner because he didn't do what I hoped in the double game week, and now we've got this to contend with. But I am not confident of a start whatsoever. I think it's very clear from what happened last week and what Pep's saying that they are going to manage him. They're not going to risk him if they don't need to. Because obviously in the latter stages of the Champions League, they're definitely going to want him for um, those kind of games. And if he doesn't get a start, we can't even be sure he's definitely uh, going to come on. So I, I don't yet know what I'm going to do with my team, and I'll talk about it a little bit later. But right now I'm leaning more towards selling him this week. Because I know you know there's that narrative of he can get points off the bench. I get that. But he is human, right? He's not going to get points every time he comes off the bench. And we wouldn't buy him if he wasn't... Sorry, we wouldn't have bought him in the first place, you know, if it was only going to be bench appearances. And for my team anyway, I always had a plan to get rid of him in 27 either way. So this would just be doing it one week earlier. The only issue for me is I would have wanted to sell him for a Spurs pay, and you can't do that this week. So that's why I need to think about replacements. But I... If you're a De Bruyne owner, I'm not confident of him starting. It doesn't mean you have to take him out. If you're not sure about exactly who you want to go for, you could just risk that he comes on for a one-point cameo uh, and, you know, just kind of damage limitation with the rest of your players that you don't get, like, a massive red. And you probably wouldn't, right, just for one player and then make the decision again in 27. Because if he's fit and available for Man United at home, it's not even a bad game. You don't have to transfer him out. But at least then you've got Spurs players, maybe Liverpool players as well to choose from. Because don't forget... If Liverpool go out of the FA Cup, for example, all of a sudden, you know, and if Salah's fit after the Carabao Cup final, De Bruyne to Salah might be an option as well. So if you're not sure about who to go for, you could definitely leave that decision until 27. But if we're talking about 26, I'm just not very confident of a start. And look, what what Pep has said isn't overly negative, but I don't think it's that positive either. Like, I'm pretty sure he will travel. He's not injured, but I don't know if he's 100% doesn't sound great to me. I'm not confident of a start this week. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. So I'm just going to quickly cover West Ham because I think there was an interesting update from David Moyes. Bearing in mind that West Ham are one of those teams that play in 26 and 29 guaranteed as well. So on team news update, he said we picked up injuries to important players in the last couple of months, and we have uh, sorry, and we had players away at Afcon. But Lucas Pacatár is back in training and very close to returning, so that will give us a boost. So no guarantee that Pacatár. Starts in 26, but hopefully from 27 onwards, he will be back. And West Ham have struggled recently. And I've heard a few West Ham fans say that they think most of it, or a lot of it, is down to not having Packatar in the team. Obviously, there's been other injuries and players away at AFCON, as David Moy said, but Packatar provides such a creativity in that team. Could this see the return of West Ham scoring some goals? Maybe, right? Uh, he went on to say he's in contention for Monday, and we'll have to see where he is. We had Mick back last week, I'm assuming that's Antonio. We've had Mo back from uh, AFCON, so it's good that we're getting most of the squad back together. So if you're someone that is considering West Ham players but can't quite get there because of how bad they've been recently, this might be the start of them improving. They're not going to suddenly become an Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, but with the fixtures they've got, Brentford at home, Everton away, Burnley at home and Villa at home, there might be some goals in there. Now, on specific players Bowen's probably the one that i would lean to but there's a question about him later on so i'll leave it until that section to talk a bit more but i think that's quite a positive thing for west Ham. that pakatar could be back soon maybe 26 if not hopefully 27. all right let's get into some of your questions so if you have 11 players this week does it make sense to roll the transfer or would you do darwin to solanke to add some bench cover the only advantage i can see with rolling is solanke getting injured against man city now as a general rule Even in a game where most people don't have a bench, I don't like making transfers with the sole purpose of just improving the bench for that week. If it's part of an overall move or a set of moves where maybe you need to do Darwin to Solanke to save some money, that's going to be a big improvement for someone else in your first 11 and it gives you the bench cover, then maybe I would do it. But a straight-up move like that, I probably wouldn't. And I do get the thinking because, you know, it's Bernie away in 27. Uh, and the double in 28 you're going to get uh, Solanke in for darwin anyway but it's not just about slanky getting injured what if someone else gets injured that might change your plans instead so for example right and i know this is quite unlikely but we didn't expect hoyland to get injured right so these things can happen let's say darwin is fit for forest away and watkins gets injured and he's out for six weeks well all of a sudden you're going to do watkins to slanky instead so it's not just about slanky staying fit or, or getting injured which means you shouldn't do this move It's also about other stuff that can happen as well. So I just don't think there's enough advantage this week to warrant using that transfer. I would rather roll it into next week, get all that information from the FA Cup, then decide what you want to do. Chances are you're going to do Darwin to Solanke, but I just don't think it's worth it just for that bench cover. I guess slight devil's advocate to my own point. If you've got players in your 11, you're not 100% sure are going to get minutes, That's a different story. But if you're looking at that 11 thinking they're either going to start or they're going to get minutes off the bench, and that's almost a 100% guarantee, then I just wouldn't bother doing it. So if you were to back against Haaland, who would you captain? Now, as it stands, I'm still pretty set on captaining Haaland for my own team, as I am most weeks where he's fit and available. But if I was going to go for someone different, it'd probably be Huang or Saka, at least from the options that I have in my team. If you were. Wanting to go against Haaland this week, which I think is a reasonable suggestion. There are a couple of other players you could look at in terms of what they offer from an FPL point of view and the fixture they've got. So one would be Aston Villa. I think Ollie Watkins against Forrest at home is a pretty decent shout. We know his underlying numbers have been good all season. I still think with Watkins, I I feel like for me to captain him, I almost need the perfect storm where he's got an excellent fixture. And most of my other options don't, especially the penalty takers. That always plays on my mind. I know we can go weeks and weeks and weeks without any of our FPL picks getting a penalty. But it still plays on my mind. So if I'm choosing Saka, taking the last two penalties for Arsenal. Wang, who I think will probably take penalties for Wolves. You know, Haaland definitely has them. Am I willing to back against them for Watkins against Forrest at home? I'm just not sure that fixture on its own. Is good enough but we know the caliber of player he is he could absolutely walk away with two three attacking returns in that game and i also think if you want a bit of a punt it would probably be man united players against fulham at home without paulina but obviously as we've already discussed hoyland out is probably going to make man united a little bit weaker i would say because they do have other quality players that can play but not in the same kind of style that Hoyland has. Like, Rashford is just not a number nine like Hoyland is, so I'm not sure I would go there. Uh, Obviously, you could look at Man City players as well, but I think the the, the most popular ones for me would be Watkins, maybe a Man United player, and then Saka and Huang. Between Saka and, like, a Wolves midfielder, you could look at Neto instead, I guess. I think Wolves have definitely got the better fixtures, Sheffield United at home. I had some discussion with people on Twitter yesterday about how bad the Newcastle defense is and don't get me wrong they have been awful this season especially compared to last year I think they're bottom five for expected goals conceded but I always think of it like this right if you had your let's say you support a Premier League team if you could choose one team to play all the remaining fixtures against like the same team who would you choose like Sheffield United, Luton, Burnley or Newcastle it probably wouldn't be Newcastle so I'm not sure we can put them down as the worst defense in the league like some people are trying to tell me they are. So I think Wolves have got the fixture is what I'm trying to get at. But I just back Saka more than Huang. I think his underlying numbers this season have just been a little bit better. And we know he's on penalties. Okay, he might give the odd one away, but he is first choice. I think there maybe are some question marks over Huang. I know lots of people are going to be in the comments telling me that he is definitely first choice. And you are probably right. But I think Sarabi has got a pretty good record as well. And he's taken one recently when Huang... Uh, wasn't in the team so if i was going to back against Haaland, i would go with my vice captain this week and that is saka but i think huang fernandez garnacho uh, and definitely ollie watkins are all players to consider as well so is it essential to have a full start and 11 i'm able to get to 10 players using free transfers with no bench so the short answer is no it's not essential if you've got four players outfield players with no fixture this week so three on your bench and one in your start in 11, and you really want to keep hold of them for game week 27 onwards there's no other players you want to bring in or you want to leave your chip strategy open whatever it might be that is a perfectly reasonable thing to do with your team so it's not essential the only thing i would say is there's quite a few players i think are almost worth bringing in this week even for a minus four to make sure that you've got 11 players that are going to play so for example right Solanke great fixture in 27 double in 28 Wolves midfielders have Sheffield United this week plus a couple of good fixtures afterwards some people are going to be looking at uh let me think of the Arsenal players right so Saka Odegaard maybe an Arsenal defender they've got a couple of good fixtures after this week if you know you're not free hitting in 29 then Douglas Luiz, Jared Bowen, Powell Torres all could be options to bring in for a minus four maybe less so with the defenders But for attackers, it could be worth it. So again, not essential, but there are a lot of good players that I think could be worth a minus four. If I've got this question slightly wrong, and it's that you've got 11 players, but they're not all guaranteed starters, they might come off the bench. Again, it's reasonable to not make extra transfers just to have to bench them. So for example, in my own team, I've got Charlie Taylor. He's one of my 11 players this week, but he might not even start right. Same with De Bruyne. I think it's reasonable if you just want to risk them this week and then make your transfers next week instead with a lot more information because of the FA Cup fifth round. So not essential. There are a lot of players that I think are worth hits this week. So who's the best Jota replacement that plays in both game week 26 and game week 29? And I think similar to the defender discussion I had in a recent video, it's probably got to be someone from Aston Villa or West Ham. I just don't think there's really any other options. If we look at the... Six teams that we know are definitely playing that week. I don't think most people want a Burnley midfielder. With Brentford, look, if Embermo was fit, maybe we'd be considering him, but obviously he's not. Uh, Fuller midfielders, maybe, but I just don't think I would want to bring them in. Uh, Spurs obviously don't play this week, so then it just really leaves West Ham and Villa, and for me, the only two options are Jarrod Bowen or Douglas Luiz. I've spoken already this week about Leon Bailey. I don't think he's a bad pick. If you think he's going to start every game between now and and 29 and get good minutes you could absolutely go with him instead of louise but if you're not sure about that i would pick the nailed on penalty taker instead and with west ham you could absolutely go for Kudus if money is tight or if you prefer him but i just think jared bowen is the attacker to go and get for west right we know what he offers even though he hasn't offered it recently he's always going to play 90 minutes etc i'm torn between which one of these two to pick and i can't believe i'm saying that after all the stuff I've said about Douglas Louise and to be fair I'm always open to change my mind if the conditions are right I'm open to picking any player I just haven't felt like so far I've needed Louise but now it might be slightly different I just I think with Louise I just always worry about what he's going to return me outside of set pieces whereas I know Jared Bowen's been really poor recently but it wouldn't be a complete shock to kind of see him turn that around like if we look at his if we look at bowen's recent returns they have been terrible it's one assist since game week 19 and that was against arsenal before that he was on a run of what is this one two three goals in the four games before that and he was doing pretty well underlying numbers for the season are 0.37 expected goals per 90 0.11 expected uh, expected assists they're not bad even though the numbers recently have been pretty terrible i, I just i as you can tell, I'm torn. I'm just thinking about the penalties, right? If Villa get a couple, then you look really stupid not going for Louise. But if they don't, I just feel like Bowen has got the fixtures for good returns. And I think in a couple of game weeks' time, we'll be sitting there saying, well, of course we should have gone for Jared Bowen. He's much more likely to get you a return from open play. They've got three home fixtures in the next four that takes you up to 29, which are Brentford, Burnie, and Villa. And the away game is 27. And look, West Ham have not been playing well recently. And if you didn't want to go for Bowen for that reason, I'd completely understand it. But if I had to pick someone right now without any more thinking time ahead of the deadline, I think I'd go Bowen. And you might see me have to make this decision tomorrow because I'm not sure about whether De Bruyne is going to play. And I think I'm more likely to pick Bowen than Douglas Luiz. But I don't hate Luiz, no matter what you guys think. Uh, I think he's a good pick. Always nailed. Always going to get good minutes. Takes all the set piece, or most of the set pieces as well. Um, and he's going to be on penalty. So he's not a bad pit. I just wouldn't go for Bailey or Kudus. I'd want a bit more security, considering you definitely need them to play in 29. So is it time to part ways of Eschapenian? There wasn't really too much in the Deserby press conference today that would indicate whether or not he's going to start the next game. He did say that he invited both Ansu Fati and Eschapenian to his house this week. And he said, I rotate the players to try the Italian kitchen. What was on the menu this week? It was pasta. So Estrippinian has been to De Zerbe's house and had pasta this week. Does that mean he's going to start the next game? I don't know. I'll leave that up to you to decide. But ultimately, I do think that Estrippinian, unless someone like Lampsy gets injured, is probably someone you're going to have to sell sooner rather than later because you can't rely on his minutes. And the fixtures aren't that great coming up either. Like this week is fine. Everton at home. Fulham away in 27 is okay. So, Forest at home in 28. But after that, it's either a blank in 29 or a game against City. Liverpool away in 30. Brentford away in 31. Arsenal at home in 32. So, he's not someone you're going to want long term, I don't think. To come back about, or to come back to the original question, is it time to part ways this week in game week 26? I'm going to say probably not for most people because there's almost certainly other transfers you have to make for players that don't have a fixture. So if you sell Estrepinian, it's probably for a minus four. And I don't think there's too many defenders this week that are worth a four-point hit. Like, maybe in some weeks when a player like Trent has a great fixture, you take that risk because of how attacking he is. But most players who are that attacking don't have a great fixture this week, like Trippier, right? And obviously the Newcastle defence hasn't been great, and they're away to Arsenal. So the chances of getting a clean sheet are really low. So then you're relying on at least two attacking returns from Trippier. And that's if SJPN doesn't start. And obviously there is a chance that he will. I don't think it's a high chance based on what we've seen recently. But I don't think he's worth a minus four. It might be that for some of you, you're taking a minus four no matter what week it is. Because you've just got so many other transfers to make. In which case you could go for it this week. But I just think you'd be bringing in last. Unless you know your chip strategy, right? Unless you know you're definitely free hitting in 29. It's hard to know exactly which defender to bring in. Because Arsenal might not have a fixture in 29, but their defence outside of that is great. Villa do have a definite fixture in 29, but it's a way to West Ham. Is there a rush to bring in someone like Pau Torres for a minus four? Probably not. So it is probably time to part ways soon with Estepinian. Not sure i do it for a hit this week. So he's a good short-term option. I think for his price yes but as i've already discussed in this video i'm a little bit more worried about man united now they don't have hoyland like the fixtures you know fulham at home this week everton at home in 28 are not bad right man united will probably still score goals but i don't think Garnacho is as good of an option as he probably looked last week but at the same time i just think for that price like what kind of expectations can you really have i guess the the bigger talking point is really whether he deserves one of those five midfield slots. Is there someone you better you could get instead? Cuz most people probably don't need the money right now, but his minutes are excellent. He hasn't not played 90 minutes since game week 18, and that was 84 minutes. The Hoyland injury means he has to play 90 pretty much because Rashford will play him through the middle and Garnacho is well, I assume Rashford will play for in the middle anyway, and Garnaccio is definitely the first choice wide player whether that's left or right. So his minutes will continue to be great. His underlying numbers have been pretty good, especially for the price. And he is, if you're running a squad with eight good attackers, you could even bench him in game week 27 for Man Man City away. So it might be that you're bringing him in for Fulham in 26, Everton in 28, and then, you know, in 29 with that Sheffield United game, it may be on, it may not. That's when your chip strategy kind of comes into play. But I do think it is a short-term move because after 29, which may or may not be the blank, It's Brentford away, Chelsea away, Liverpool home, which aren't necessarily the best fixtures. They're not awful. And again, Man United could score, especially if Hoyland's back. But it's not necessarily a fixture run that I would target. So I've looked at Garnacho as an option this week. I just don't think I'm going to go there. I think the Hoyland news has kind of put me off a little bit. And also, if money's no object, I still... There's something that's still telling me don't completely forget about Fernandez Because although... His creativity in terms of expected assists is a little bit down on last year. His goal threat's kind of the same, and he still has penalties, and he's always going to play too. Um, but I just, I just think is a write-off against Man City, and the Hoyland thing's kind of uh, maybe a little bit less sure. So I don't think Van is now terrible or bad or anything like that. He's probably just not quite as good as he was this time last week. So I feel like I've answered this same question for the last three to four game weeks but if it keeps coming up it's obviously a popular decision that people are thinking about. So is it worth keeping Cole Palmer? Now my answer over the last couple of weeks has always been if it improves your team to sell him then you should consider doing that because he's not so good that he's absolutely essential and you can't get rid of him right. If you can bring someone else in with a good fixture this week that you think is going to score more points over the next couple of weeks as well that is probably a transfer worth doing especially if there's no one else in your midfield that you want to sell. But he's certainly not a bad pick, right? I'm not looking at him in my squad thinking I've got to do everything I can to get rid of him. If I can get out a decent team and keep hold of him, then that's definitely something I would want to do. And I think sometimes I am definitely guilty of this. When a player blanks and then maybe has a blank game week as well, so uh, Cole Palmer got nothing against Man City, now he's not going to play in 26. Because they haven't got the recent returns, we kind of almost forget that they are a super FPL pick, or they have been for most of this season. Like, Let's not forget, Cole Palmer has 10 goals, 7 assists, a lot of penalties, and he's probably not going to get that run of penalties again this season, maybe never again in his whole career. But he still has really decent kind of open play threat and uh, creativity as well. So he is a really good pick. He's cheap as well. But the key thing for me is when he comes back in 27, Like, how many of the fixtures are you going to be worried about playing him in? Brentford away, more than happy to do that. Look at the way people are talking about Newcastle for Arsenal this week, right? Great fixture, defensively very poor. It's going to be the same for Chelsea in two weeks. Arsenal away in 29 is tough, but one or two things that week. Either you're going to free hit, in which case Palmer can be in your team or not, and obviously if they blank, he's not going to be in there anyway. But if they play... Well, you're not going to be worried about playing Palmer against Arsenal away when most of the other options are going to be from pretty poor teams anyway. And then after 29, it's Burnley at home, Man United at home, Sheffield United away, Everton at home, Brighton away. And if Chelsea do blank against Arsenal, that fixture has to go somewhere else. So that will be a double. They've already got the Spurs at home fixture from 26 to rearrange as well. So potentially after 29, Chelsea have got great fixtures and one to two double game weeks to come as well. And you're going to want Palmer, right? He is probably the best attacker for FPL to own from Chelsea. And even if you were buying him from scratch now, he's 5.8 million. For a nailed-on player on penalties, he's fantastic. So the closer we get to 27, obviously the more reason there is to keep him. So it would have to be a pretty good transfer at this point, I think, to get rid of Palmer. If you can get 11 out without worrying about selling him, I would hold on to him because although he's not going to be... Look, he's never going to be, I I don't really like calling players essential, right? But over the next couple of weeks, he's not going to be an amazing pick or anything like that. But from 30 onwards, he is. And if you've got a lot of money invested, then I just think it's probably worth keeping hold of him. But again, if he's the only way to get out 11 players, I would still consider selling him for certain people's teams. So I'm just going to end by talking about my own team. And for those of you that have been paying close attention, you'll already see what my transfer was that I did last night. Uh, so this is how the team is set up. I've got Ariola against Brentford at home. I'm benching De Bravka against Arsenal away. I've got the double up on the Arsenal defence of Gabriel and Saliba. I'm hoping that Charlie Taylor starts after making his return to the Burnley squad last week. Crystal Palace away. Will they be better with the new manager? Possibly, but there's no Eze, no Elise, or anything like that. And to be honest, if Charlie Taylor goes and gets me a one or two pointer, I'll probably be happy with that. I've got De Bruyne and Foden from Man City. Uh, Huang Hee Chan has come into my team so I sold Jota last night it looked like Huang was going to go up and Jota was going to go down only one of those things happened but that is basically why I went early because of the price changes and there is always some risk involved just look at what's happened with Hoyland you've just got to hope that the player you bring in doesn't get injured so I've got him in for Sheffield United at home the next two fixtures after that aren't bad either so it's uh, let me just double check here it is Newcastle away and Fulham at home And then, look, they may or may not play in 29, but I think there's a good chance I'll free hit, and the fixtures afterwards are pretty good. So as I spoke about on team selection, that's why I've brought Huang in. Uh, Saka is my vice-captain. Haaland is captain. Then I've got Watkins against Forrest at home. I've got four other players that aren't playing this week. So my bench is Palmer, Doughty, and Bradley. As I spoke about earlier, good chance that Bradley will start in 27 if he's fit and available. So Darwin's going to go. That will be... Solanke. I, I still don't see any reason not to get him even though um he's got man city this week a lot of people have said to me like why don't you just keep darwin and, and get Solanke next week because obviously if Solanke blanks it's not worth the minus four but i look at it that Solanke is going to start for sure um he's going to play 90 minutes as long as he doesn't get a yellow card he's going to get at least two points so for me it's just a two-point risk that he could get even more. Okay, So if he blanks and gets two points and I've taken a hit, then because I didn't have any other bench players, that's cost me two points to get him in early. But if he gets one return, then he's repaid that straight away. And I know I definitely want him for 27 and 28. I obviously can't go for Hoyland anywhere. I was never going to do that. And there's just no need to go for Tony first. I might as well just bring Solanke in. So that's going to be a minus four. And then I've got to decide what to do with De Bruyne. It's a tricky one for me because... Part of me thinks just play him and hope he comes off the bench and just worry about what to do with him next week, because I'll probably just move him to Son. But if Man City don't play in twenty nine, then I've also got Foden to potentially deal with as well. So I can just get Son in for him and just remove the Bruiner this week. The only slight issue I foresee it's not really a major one, right? But let's say I go for Louise or Bowen because they play in 29 depending on what happens next week i might still end up free hitting in 29 anyway and if i do right bearing in mind how many starts foden's got i would have him for bournemouth away man united at home liverpool away which are okay then i'd free hit in 29 anyway and look arsenal at home's not great but if man city blank in 29 that brighton fixture has to go somewhere later on i'm not going to be free hitting in 37 if i'm using it in 29 anyway and then after Arsenal, City have got Villa at home, Palace away, Luton at home, Spurs away, Forest away, Wolves at home, Fulham away. They would have a double game week to put in somewhere as well. Like if Foden continues to start starting, I'd probably want to keep hold of him, right? So th- there is part of me that just thinks keep the Bruyne and just get him for Son next week and just hold on to Foden until we start seeing signs that he's not going to continue to start. Like this week, I'd be very surprised if Foden gets benched because I think Grealish is still out. Obviously, De Bruyne is a bit of a doubt as well, so we should start again. Longer term, obviously, there's always question marks over Man City players, but there's nothing to suggest right now that he's a, a pressing need to get rid of. And I'm not going to get rid of Saka, Huang, or Palmer. So there's only really one spot for these Man City midfielders for Son. So that's the only reason I am questioning whether or not I should sell De Bruyne this week because I know I'm going to want a Spurs player if it's not 27 in 28, right? And I might not want to sell Foden. So it could be that next week I bring in... Let me just go to Spurs here. Uh, What's Son down as? Just Son, I think. There you go. Um, I bring in Son next week and then that's just my midfield for the foreseeable future. I don't think there's anyone else that I'm missing. But obviously if I bring in Bowen this week then that means I've lost Foden as well and I'm just not sure... That's definitely worth it. Because as I discussed on team selection, I know I'm rambling a bit here. I, I don't think there's enough players for 29 I can get without cup upsets, in which case in which case the whole plan changes anyway. Or free hit. I'm pretty sure free hit 29 is something I'm gonna have to do. I wouldn't even need Bowen in that case. But West Ham's fixtures after 29 are not that bad. Like Newcastle away, Spurs at home, Wolves away, Fulham at home. So if I had to keep Bowen instead of Foden. Eh, not necessarily the end of the world and to be fair they get to play bernie at home before pakatar will be back as well i don't know that's basically my dilemma i think i would sell the boring if i knew he was bench or was going to miss out completely because i would just want to try and get some points this week but i don't like the idea of forcing myself into having to sell Foden because i would want son even if i free hit in 29 some people might be thinking well you don't need son but i think on penalties nailed on attacker given how good he can be. I think I would want him back in my side. Like, Palace at home in 27, Villa away in 28. 30 is looting at home. Like, although the fixtures are pretty bad for Spurs from 34 onwards, before then, they're pretty decent. So I think I would want him in, regardless of whether I free hit in 29. Just quickly coming back to the the Bowen and Douglas Louise discussion that I kind of had earlier. One thing I didn't take into account is if I decided to free hit in 30, uh, sorry, wildcard in 31, and I guess in some ways I'm trying to keep my options open as much as possible. Like, Villa do have Wolves at home. So between 26 and 30, it's three home games for a guy on penalties and the two away games are Luton and West Ham, which aren't that bad. Whereas for Bowen, his game in 30 is Newcastle away, which is maybe a bit tougher, but then Newcastle have been awful recently. So I think I have to stick with kind of getting in players I prefer and that is not, I don't want to say Luis is just a defensive midfielder because that's unfair. But his underlying stats are not that inspiring outside of the set pieces and penalties. I mean, he might go and score a couple of free kicks and take a couple of penalties and make me look stupid again. I think I'd probably go for Bowen. So I've bought in Huang, just to end this now. Um Solanke's definitely going to come in for Darwin. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to sell De Bruyne this week as well, unless we find out that he's starting. And I'm probably going to go to Jared Bowen. Like, there might be like a last-minute consideration for a Fernandez or a Garnaccio as a short-term punt, and then move them on to Son instead. But I think where possible, I want to try and reduce the amount of extra trances I have to make because there's still a double in 28 to deal with, and potentially that blank in 29 if I don't end up using my free hit. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Give it a like and hit that subscribe button if you're uh, watching on YouTube. Rate five stars if you're listening on podcast. I will be doing the deadline stream... Uh, on saturday for game week 26 remember it's a slightly later deadline than normal which is half one uk time in the afternoon so the deadline stream won't start until 12 o'clock so i'll see some of you there if i don't good luck in game week 26 and we'll do this all over again for game week 27 sports social podcast network